Today on Rolling with New York Mike. The Democrats and the and the never Trumpers have, have gotten a hold of every spare kitchen sink in this country and use it to throw at Donald Trump. <laughs> How are we gonna stop him? I don't know. <laughs> they, they, they're doing everything they can. Welcome to Rolling with the most patriotic man I know, my husband. And now his podcast, Rolling with New York Mike. Get on the ride. I'm New York Mike, and this is Rolling with New York Mike. So, it's been a week. It's been over a week. And I'm still here scratching my head. It's been a week since the midterm elections. A phenomenon for sure. No matter your political bias, whether your bias is left or right, if you're a Republican or Democrat, who didn't see a red wave coming? Come on. We saw a tsunami coming. Yeah, many of us implored conservatives to vote. In my case, I implored pro-lifers especially to get out and work with the passion that they've displayed for decades fighting against Roe v. Wade. And in, in fact, I mean, I fully expected that to be the case. Add to that. The, the outrage, I mean, add to that, just the, the whole ball of wax over here. The outrage over Afghanistan, the crippling, crippling inflation, the, the border, the, the crisis at the border, the drugs coming across the border, the criminals coming in front of the course of the border, the fentanyl, and 100,000 fentanyl deaths. Come on, the crime in the streets of... Cities all over the country, New York, Philadelphia, Seattle, Portland, uh, Chicago, you name it. The whole mishandled COVID response, closing down the schools, closing the businesses, wearing a mask everywhere as if that's going to help a little cloth mask. I mean, come on. It's okay to start out that way. It's okay to try this stuff. But for how long? And then, boom. And Okay, so... Letting people go, firing people, first responders, firing Navy SEALs, pilots, Navy pilots, Air Force pilots, because they wouldn't take a vaccine. When you talk about mishandling things, this is ridiculous. The whole, the whole racialization of everything in this, every time, whatever, it's, oh, you're a racist. Oh, you're, oh, white privilege. Oh, people have got to be getting nuts. Okay, now, the indoctrination of our school kids, all right? Don't forget, don't leave out the gender and the transgender issues with young kids, with parents not being included in their children's life-changing decisions. So given all this, who expected the result we got? Not me. Listen, I'm optimistic under, under normal circumstances. When you add in, <laughs> Let's add it to what the list I already gave. The military component. Being on the edge of World War III. Nuclear threats. Yeah, real nuclear threats. You didn't hear any of this. The, Ch- the Chinese aggression, not just on Taiwan, on Brazil. <laughs> I mean, everywhere. And listen, they're ex- the express goals, okay, of our military in the face of, of all this, right? The express, they're focused, they are focused on the dangers of climate change, right? Chasing racial boogeymen, yeah, 
not not even coming close to meeting recruit quotas, okay, and expelling members who wouldn't get faxed. Okay, all that, just my, add to that, the depressed state of the police nationwide in the face of all this, this major crime, murders everywhere. I, I mean, I just, the depressed state of the police who have been the victims of this racial, you talk about racialization, you talk about defund the police, so we want to change the police, get rid of the, I mean, all this negative stuff about cops who are just out there trying to protect you and me and our families and our businesses, protect the streets of this country. This is crazy with all that. And now add to that the weaponization and politicizing of our of our FBI. The FBI, come on. All right, we're in a recession for crying out loud. Almost a depression two years into a Democrat takeover of our government. What could go wrong? Simply put, take everything I just said, everything I just said, which would say, listen, honey, Harriet, we... Well, I know we've been Democrats for all our lives. I think it's time that I can't be paying $6 a gallon for gas and you can't be paying so much for milk. And I, let's say, let's try this. They got some, are you kidding? Are you kidding? That, I mean, everybody, that would be, but that's not what happened, is it? Nope. What could go wrong? I'll tell you what went wrong. Listen, we're going to talk, oh yeah, Mitch McConnell and, and um, whatever, Scott, and uh, I mean, you no, know, what, what happened was the whole Republican plan, if there was one, which, by the way, I'll, I'll challenge that, but there was, you know, the plan of, hey, things are so bad, <laughs> what we got to do is point out how bad everything was, the whole plan got aborted. Yes, it was abortion. Sure, the GOP got the House, okay, and we can all rationalize that there was a kind of sort of red wave. But if that's true, why are things being pointed in every direction? Yeah, Mitch McConnell, of course, Donald Trump, Rick Scott, Lindsey Graham. I, I'm, I'll go with all that, okay? Early voting, there's a, that's a good point. Late voting, cheating, mail-in ballots. When you talk about ballot harvesting, there's some, there's some bad things going on out there, okay? So... That's going on, and it's been going on. Then everybody's pointing their fingers saying, oh, we had some bad candidates. And I'm, I'm sure there's even more stuff. Bad candidates? You, you can sit there and tell me, and you could point. I mean, I don't know what happened with Joe Kent's battle in, in Washington State. Don't tell me that's a bad candidate. Dr. Oz, kind of bad candidate. What kind of, where was Dave McCormick, the guy he ran against, all these, you know, these Republicans in Pennsylvania. Oh, McCormick, it's a, ours is an outside. I don't care what he is. He's a great guy. He's a heart surgeon. He's a doctor. He's had TV exposure like nobody has. His name recognition. Oh, he's Trump's puppet or something. Are you kidding me? Trump endorsed him. He won a fair and square primary. That's what he did. The people voted for him. Oh, I see. The Democrats put up more money for Oz. Let's say they did. That's your candidate. Now, you know what? It's interesting, and I'm digressing here, but I'll get back to it. Because 
It's interesting how all these never-Trump Republicans are saying, well, if Trump loses, is, what's he going to do? Is he going to say, okay, and support the guy that was? What did David McCormick do? What did all the other Republicans in Pennsylvania do with Oz? And they're saying, oh, it's Trump's fault. No, it's your fault. You guys should have been out there as committed to Dr. Oz getting elected as you're committing to your, to your sulking and pointing fingers at Donald Trump or whoever else. Yeah, that's, that's what should have happened. Instead, oh, you're saying, oh, well, let's see what Trump does if he doesn't get the nomination. Well, what happened when McCormick didn't get the nomination? Then that's the problem. I didn't see him out there. And by the way, if he was out there, I'll apologize. And I'll also point fingers at people like Fox News, where we're trying to get some inside stuff that's not all terrible about conservatives in the GOP. I'm not saying they're perfect, but it's not CNN, it's on MSNBC, just tearing us apart. So I would have hoped that they'd put that story out there. And I didn't see it. I've been in Pennsylvania. So there's always bad candidates. There's always candidates that could be better. But we didn't have a bunch of bad candidates. We had a couple, of course. But those candidates, they won their primaries. They got through the process. Don't point your finger. Now, if you if you want to point your finger at people like Mitch McConnell for sending too much money in one direction and not enough in another and too late and too little and too late. I, I get all that stuff. Okay, we, we can we could do that. I could we'll talk about Rick Scott coming out with his plan. His plan to what? Take on Medicare? Take on Social Security? Which the Democrats pounced on as his plan to end Medicare and Social Security, quote unquote, as we know it. That wasn't real smart, was it? And he did it on his own. He didn't consult anybody. He just threw it out there. Oh, Lindsey Graham. Because I'm going to get the meat. I'm going to get to the meat of this right now. What, what cost us this election, and, and I said it, this election was aborted. What cost us this election, <laughs> you can take all this other stuff. Yeah, my take, not that all the stuff I just mentioned didn't have some impact. It, everything did. But the proverbial elephant in the room, the one that got shot down <laughs> this election, our elephant, tripped on our own trunk over here. Clearly, clearly, a huge amount of single women were energized to vote Democrat, no matter how they were registered. They came out of the woodwork. Why? To protect their right to have an abortion. That's right. They call it their right to choose. I don't think so. You don't choose. I'm going to have an abortion. Well, honey, first you got to get pregnant. Oh, Jesus. But I want to. No, 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 no. It's not like you're going to go, uh, what am I going to have today? Uh, a hamburger or maybe a tuna fish sandwich? No, that's a choice. An abortion is not a choice. But that's what they came out to protect. That's, that's right. Yeah, a recession. We're going into a depression for crying out loud. Read the, the tea leaves. They're all over TV commercials and everywhere else. What this one's saying, that one's saying, and everyone else is saying this is getting deep. This is getting bad. We're going into a serious, serious recession. And it, it's probably going to be more like a depression. Inflation. It, 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 none of this mattered. The recession, the crazy inflation. 
single women said they'd rather get laid than get paid. <laughs> That's it. And of course, when the single women say that, what are most single men going to do? Hey, <laughs> I'm voting with them, man. I love it. Okay. And by the way, at least half the married men as well. So all jokes aside, the fact is, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. Especially, especially when you're not prepared. I mean, whether you know, you little kid wishing for a pony, you don't know how to ride. You, you grow up and you wish for a car and you don't have a garage to, pee, to keep it in. After working 49 years to overturn Roe versus Wade. And, and by the way, in the last couple of years, you had a six-judge edge. A six-judge advantage on the Supreme Court. So you, you don't have a plan. You didn't think that, hey, wait a minute. Okay, we, we, we've been working all this time. We got this, we got that. We, you didn't have a plan. For when Roe v. Wade gets overturned, and you, you didn't, there wasn't any leadership that said, listen, but they're going to come, especially when it happened just months before the midterm, the perfect timing for the Democrats to energize, to, to get people out, to get them angry, to get them really like, I mean, that, if you don't think that there's passion behind this pro-choice, as they call it, movement, how, you're an idiot. Yeah, I don't even want you, I don't want you, wouldn't elect you dog catcher, let alone congress member or senator, if, if you couldn't understand that. And clearly, clearly, none of you could. What did you do to prepare for this? You had to see it coming. And when it finally got here, what did you do to make sure that this would not have the effect on this? Or, or are you still in denial? Are you still saying, oh, they cheated, oh, it was vodka, oh, the machines. Well, yeah, there's all that. But what, I mean, when you look at the overwhelming situation that this country's in since Biden, look at it. Contrast it to where we were just before Biden under, under Trump. Oh, my God, Trump. Oh, don't mention it. Oh, Trump. Oh, he's going to lose. Oh, he's losing to DeSantis. DeSantis isn't even running. He just... He just got to be the governor of Florida. And by the way, he got that because of Trump. Thank you very much. So, you know, everybody's already, they've already elected DeSantis. They've already discounted Trump. They don't like him. Why? He's too tough. He's too arrogant. He's too narcissistic. What was John Kennedy for crying out loud? I mean, come on. Narcissistic. The left's favorite word to use to describe the the Trump syndrome, <laughs> you gotta laugh at it because they they have thrown everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> I get the picture in my head when I say that Elon Musk as he comes in to take over Twitter, and here he comes in with the kitchen sink. Well, it must have been a leftover kitchen sink because the Democrats and the and the never Trumpers have have gotten a hold of every spare kitchen sink in this country and use it to throw at Donald Trump. <laughs> How are we going to stop him? I don't know. <laughs> they, they, they're doing everything they can. Use that energy to rebuild this economy, to stop this crazy inflation. It's going to, it's, I'm telling you, inflation is a horrible infection 
of an economic system. It's a disease that takes over. I had cancer and I'm fighting this cancer and in the middle of it, I get one of these staph infections. Well, let me tell you something. I know that cancer is bad. It's horrible, don't get me wrong. But when you get a staph infection right there in the middle of it, you get down to the emergency room, they come in, they're boom, boom, the CDC representative comes out. They all of a sudden, there's a whole renewed energy and focus on, uh-oh, this staph infection. Well, that's what happens. You have a bad economy, but then you have inflation. All hands on deck. Everybody come out there. This is what can kill you. Yeah, we'll beat a bad economy. We've had bad economy. We've come back. But if you add this component, this inflation, you put that staph infection. Yeah, I spent the next couple of months with an infusion pack every single day. In the first thing in the day, in the morning at the hospital. Oh, yeah, that's that's what they were concerned about. And that's what we need to be concerned about. We need an infusion pack that focuses everything on this inflation. And it's very simple, by the way. Once you find the cause, what caused that staph infection? Once they find it out and cause it, you know, figure out the cause and eliminate it, they fix it. What caused the inflation? You can come up with all the, oh yeah, he spent too much money. Well, he did. And that's a fact. And they did that. But what real, the real underlying cause of this inflation is the energy problem. The fact that they closed down, and I've said this a million times, and you're getting tired of hearing from it. But it is what it is. And, it, and, and now, I don't know. Let's talk about what we can do about it. But, but until they reopen the pipelines, okay? And that, that pipeline, Keystone Pipeline, that's Pennsylvania. Go figure. So with all this, all this, they still voted for the Democrats in numbers I cannot believe. Yeah, we got the House. That's great. That is great. That's a huge thing. We should have had the House by 35, 40 seats. We should have had the Senate by two or three at least. We should have. Under the circumstances of everything I'm talking about. But nope. And I'm telling you right now. If we don't fix this. And we can. It's very simple. We have to have a plan. What do we do now? We've overturned Roe v. Wade. Thank God. And we should have a long time ago. But then here comes Lindsey Graham. What does this moron do? He steps up and he comes up with a national abortion policy. The exact reason why Roe v. Wade was overturned is because you do not have, and the Constitution does not allow for a national abortion policy. It's every state on its own, makes its own. I don't care what you say, Lindsay. Don't tell me, well, this was just a guideline. This, no, it was a stupid move. It was a stupid move that gave the other side all the ammunition they need. And by the way, if you're a person that honestly believes that abortion, for whatever reason, which I you know, consider it the murder of a human being, period. But the other side doesn't. They don't see that. At what point does life begin? And blah, blah, blah. They go, oh, okay, I don't want to get in the argument. I respect your beliefs and your wishes. So if you believe that sincerely and you say a woman should have the right 
to have an abortion anytime she wants, right up to the moment of birth. Let's have a conversation because I don't think that's right. And I think most people in this country, in the world, don't think that's right. So why are we having a conversation about outlawing abortion when we should be talking about rules and regulations? Democrats love rules and regulations. They regulate everything. So why not have a discussion about something that's that doesn't upset them? Regulating things, certainly things that are important. We'll meet them halfway on regulating. You, you can't have no regulations any place. Everything, there's, there's a certain degree of regulations everywhere. So, okay, in this case, we want more regulations than they want. But I don't think anybody's against regulating. They understand. They understand. But are we going to sit there and say, okay, we're talking about rape, incest, and life of the mother? Uh, no. No? Why not? Why, who are you? Alan Keyes? Do you know Do you know the reason why Barack Obama got elected? Barack Obama was an Illinois state senator in whatever the year was, and the Republicans had a, a candidate for the U.S. Senate who was right there in the middle. If he won the primary, blah, 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 in the middle of this whole thing, and... He got caught cheating on his wife. Now, that might not be 100% accurate. There was more to it. But basically, he got caught cheating on his wife, and they threw him out. He had done some other crazy stuff. And who did the Republicans choose? Alan Keyes. This really, and I've, I've met Alan Keyes, this really articulate, bright black man who was the most ardent pro-life anti-abortion human being I've ever heard speak. And I confronted him in Philadelphia at the Republican convention. When was that, 98? And, and I were in a hotel, in the lobby of a hotel. And we were just talking. One day yelling and screaming. It wasn't a confrontation, you know, of, of that. But I, I try to be civil and talk about it. He, he, there's no way. So they choose Alan Keyes, this man who says, an abortion under any circumstances is murder and we shouldn't be allowed and we should outlaw it. That was Alan Keyes. Barack Obama beat him hands down, got to be the senator who got to make that speech, who then got to be the president of the United States of America. So thank Alan Keyes. Thank this, this radical, and I'm saying radical, pro-lifer, and there's so many of you out there. And I, I, it's been the bane of my time spent in politics on the Republican Party, or in the Republican Party, or with the Republican Party, because you won't let us have a shot. you got to get reasonable at some point. And, it, and then, you know, of course, you're going to call me pro-choice, right? Which is bullshit. But because I, I'm going to sit here and agree that yes we, there there's there are certain there there are you know times when you got to say yes you know rape incest the life of the mother what's wrong with that how about on the other side we get parental notification i think parents need to be if 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 the if the girl is under 18 years old parents need to be notified no ifs ands or buts that's at least number 1 there are other things. How about 
you know, let's pick a time frame. You know, Dobbs, the Mississippi law was 15 weeks. Huh? You know, 15 weeks, that's over three months. I'm, I'm not sure what's reasonable or not. I think we can discuss it. Maybe 20 weeks. I don't know. It's not, it's not, I'm not the guy who's been out there on the front lines, although how, how often have I said when I'm in a room full of these pro-life people in San Diego or wherever in California, and they're all like accusing us of being pro-choice. I've always, okay, everybody who's ever been to the Walk of Life on January 22nd in Washington, D.C., raise your hand. And usually, well, it's always me because I've been there. I've done the Walk of Life. It's important to me. And there's sometimes there's two or three other hands, and that's it out of a few hundred people. So I'm just saying, not that everybody, to be real pro-life, you have to do the walk. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that when you when you call us pro-choice because we're not pro-life enough, you, you're not just insulting me or us. You're also diminishing who you are by pushing me out of, of who you are. Oh, I, I, I'm not echoing your... You know, 100%, you know, any abortion to bad abortion, no matter what. I'm not echoing, you know, okay. But I'm I'm sitting here saying, let's do something to get a result that brings down the number of abortions every year and doesn't sacrifice our political fortunes. Because we've been, we've had our asses kicked. When they call us radicals, why do you think they call us radicals? Why? Because I want freedom, <laughs> freedom to start my business. I want lower taxes. Does that make me a radical? Because I want to have a stronger military. Does that make me a radical? No. What makes me a radical is they're painting me as a person who wants to make abortion illegal because I am pro-life. But, you know, within that community, we need to we need to find the leadership that can come out there achieve the goals we want, which is making abortion safe, legal, and rare. Very rare. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, if there's one I failed? (laughs) Yeah, that's your point. Well, let me tell you something. When you make it totally illegal, there will still be abortions in probably almost the same numbers as there are today. So don't kid yourself. Look at history. It does repeat itself. And, And look at Look at the way things were before Roe v. Wade, when abortion was illegal. And you're going to find there was an abortion on every corner, going on all the time. It's not something that needed a law. It needed a law to make it safe and legal. So it wouldn't be done by wire hangers behind bathroom doors in, in you know, run-down, run-down buildings in the middle of the bad neighborhoods and cities, done by people trying to profiteer off other people's misfortune. That's not what you want. What you want is safe, legal, and rare. You want it rare, very rare. You want it to be something that is culturally unacceptable. Not illegally, culturally unacceptable. And you could do that. You could do that by talking about late-term abortions and how distasteful, how, how inhumane that is. You could talk about it in, in ways that make people understand we're not outlawing a, a, a woman's right to have health if that's the issue. What we're trying to say is, you know, it, 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 let's be responsible. Let's be responsible about this. And 
as as a person that I mean, I'm asking the people that think the world's coming to an end in 12 years because of global warming. I'm asking them to be responsible. I'm asking them to say, wait a minute, back off. What you're doing by wanting to pass all these crazy laws and spend all this nuts money to, 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 you know, save carbon emissions and this, it's not going to change the world if they can't, if they're not going to do it in China, in Russia, in India, in, in two thirds of the world of the planet. But we're going to sacrifice our economy. I'm asking them to be reasonable. I'm asking my pro-life brothers and sisters in the Republican Party to be reasonable and to come out with a plan. The pro-life faction needs to come out with a plan that the rest of us can respect and get behind and that we could sell to the Democrats. You're not going to convince them all. There are some people out there that anything you do to stop them from having total control over my body, my body, my freedom, whatever they, whatever, with anything that inhibits their right to, to have an abortion at will for whatever reason. I want to the boy, it turns the girl, ah, forget about it, let's get rid of it. Uh, you know what, it's not the right time, whatever, whatever the reason. They just, without any thought or anything, and there's going to be people that are always going to be that way. But, you know, after a certain time, is it after the eighth month? Because you want to have an abortion in the ninth month? Well, they do. It's called late-term abortion. After the seventh month? After the sixth month? After the fifth month? When is it inappropriate? Unless rape, incest, life of the mother. Life of the mother is always something that's appropriate to choose. Then you got to make a choice. Are you gonna are you, are you are you gonna allow the life of the mother to be to to be taken or not? Well, you have a choice to make there. That's when it's a choice. Not find that you oh no we're not ready for this one. So let's understand because if we if we don't understand what got us here, we're not going to be able to fix this. Yes, we have other problems. Yep, you you do not want vote month. <laughs> you, want, you want election day. We always have an election day, and we want it. We want, we want ID, picture ID. We want all the things that we talk about, and it's important. And we do not want ballot harvesting. It's already, it's already legal, rather. And we, we, we have to roll that back. We have to do something. But we could do all that and still lose the people out there who are going to be so upset and the hypocrisy of coming in and saying, oh, we have a nationwide abortion ban. No, we won't. But if you even say it, you're a hypocrite. <laughs> because it's the nationwide, that, that part of Roe v. Wade that made it unconstitutional. So let, let's, let's get in there before they start passing, codifying, codifying abortion. You, you don't want it. We don't, we don't want to, let's, let's make peace, not war, okay? We're talking about what's going on in the Ukraine, and a lot of people are pushing for Zelensky to sit down with Putin and make a deal. All right, you're not going to get everything you want. And right now, I'm sure from Zelensky's point of view, having an open checkbook with the United States, getting all the funding he needs, okay, a dollar for Ukraine, a dollar in my pocket, a dollar. <laughs> whatever he's doing, he's going, I'm going to 
kick the living hell out of Putin. I'm going to win this thing and you all behind me. Well, we may agree with that at this moment, but we're still saying, look, sit down, give in a little bit of something to get to end this war now. So it's all we're saying. Let's let's do something that ends the carnage. Let's let's get on track for success because there's so much opportunity for success out there. And now what are we going to do? What are we going to do now that we have Congress? We have Congress. Oh, yeah, it's not big. But if we do it right, it, one vote is all you really need if you got that edge. Now, how many Democrats are we going to pull over to, to rebuild our energy status as energy independent? As a matter of fact, as a country that exports fuel, oil, as a country. I mean, when you talk about this, what, listen to Biden, listen to what he said. We're not going to build any more coal plant. We're not going to build in. We're not going to drill anymore. How stupid is that? We've lost to this kind of moronic. It makes no sense. It couldn't have happened. And it did. I don't want to go back over old territory. What are we going to be able to do? We're going to we're going to have to get that vote in Congress to drill here, drill now, drill everywhere. To open, reopen the pipelines. We're going to have to do it. And what they're saying is, then we go into the Senate and we lose. I, I don't know how many votes we need in the Senate to win. But you've got to be able to pull people. And now it's 50-50. You're going to have to get the guy from West Virginia. Joe Manchin has got to come. He's got to be furious at the way he's been treated by Joe, Man- by Joe, Joe Biden. After he caved in and, 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 and they were able to write that that huge bill, that infrastructure bill. Why? Because Joe Manchin caved in. But now we have on our side. So if we have a new bill so that we could drill and we could go back and rebuild, build up the coal, if we could overdo that, you got Joe Manchin on your side. I believe it. And we go in, we get through, we we could actually do that. Now, are we going to be able to eliminate the 87,000 IRS agents with guns, by the way, in the same way, I, I don't know. But I, I believe that that we'll be able to become energy independent again with the Republican Congress. And I think there's more than just a Joe Manchin vote waiting for us in the Senate from the other side. I really do. And I, I can't say who they are, but, you know, reading the list I read, how can... How can they be against us? It, it, it just takes just a little bit of common sense to understand the role that oil plays in this inflation in our economy. So I, I, I don't think it's going to be that difficult once we get in there to 100 every, 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 every Republican. Now, is there a question? Is, is Kevin McCarthy capable of of wrangling this herd of cats? I, I don't know the answer to that. He's not my favorite. He allowed, he allowed 13 Republicans to vote with the Democrats on an infrastructure bill that was less than 10% of infrastructure. I don't have a lot of faith in the guy, to be honest with you, but it's what we got. And I think that Andy Biggs stood up, part of the Freedom Caucus, and said, hey, I'm going to challenge you. And we're going to be here. We're going to watch. 
We're going to be watching you. We're going to be on your back. We're going to be there every minute. And I think they're going to keep him in line. And I, I think that he's going to perform. Now, again, I have my my big questions. Why do they pick a guy from California when there are red states around the country from who they should choose their speaker, their leader? Nancy Pelosi, yeah, she's from California. So the left wing gets to, yeah, that makes sense. Why not grab, grab someone from Florida or Texas? <laughs> but hey, listen, far be it for me to try to figure out how these Republicans Listen to their choices of where they do their conventions. Philadelphia and New York. <laughs> Reward the cities that appreciate us. Why bring a Republican National Convention to a blue state, let alone a city like Philly and New York? Makes no sense. But, hey, that's they're not perfect, are they? <laughs> Far from it. So, and, and now the big thing is everybody's, talking about Donald Trump. And I and I, I did wait a day to do this podcast because I, I wanted to hear the Donald's his speech last night, his announcement. And it was great. I loved it. I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge, huge Trump fan. Now, do I want to, you know, people say, well, his time is over. Well, he's, he, he, people, he gets people crazy. He, he, he's going to cost us money. They're going to say, Mike, you think that the abortion issue is bad? Well, why don't you put the same thing to the Trump issue? I'll tell you why. Because Donald Trump was the one, had to be, I, I want to say, the greatest president this country ever had, except for George Washington. And I, 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 the things that he did were amazing. The situ, the country was in the best. How in the world, and this is why I'll say this un, until you prove otherwise, I, I say the, uh, the election was stolen. I, I was in Washington, D.C. at Ellipse Park on January 6th. What was that, 2000? And 2001. And I was there because of, I could not, you're going to tell me that we had 75 million votes for Donald Trump? So they had 81 million votes for Joe Biden. I mean, it's insane. So I, I, I didn't believe it then. I don't believe it now. I'm not making a big issue. Biden is in. Okay, he's in. Cheating. You know, you're cheating hard, man. They, 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 they won. That's it. How they won, I don't care. They won. They got it. All right. So let's figure it out. But what, what Trump did... The situation this country was in was the best we've ever been, notwithstanding COVID. And then his Operation Warp Speed was just something that was just unbelievable to, to get us the vaccine. Now, we can argue, oh, people don't want to take it. It's become controversial. Does it really stop it? We had to have something. And Trump did it. And the recovery was amazing. And then Biden comes in. And this amazing recovery just, boom, stops. And people are still electing these Democrats. So I look at this and I say, wait a minute, I want Donald Trump back. I don't, he never bothered me. Yeah, bad jokes, some in very bad taste. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I'm, 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 I'm not even laughing at them. But 
When you talk about bad jokes, how can you talk about bad jokes? And yet, the same people that are going to be bitching about Donald Trump telling his bad jokes and saying things in bad taste. Donald Trump this, Donald Trump that. And yet, they haven't been that, uh, enough of an outrage over Condi, what's his name? Condi West, Kanye West? Yay. Yee. Yay. What are, who are they changing their name? Who's the other guy that changes his name every other day? I can't remember. I'll, it'll come to me. But then Dave Chappelle? Dave Chappelle goes on there and defends Condé. Condé? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I can't I can't take it anymore. So I can't keep up with it anymore, that's for sure. Dave Chappelle goes on there and says, hey, you know, there's two words you never use together. Do you remember this for Saturday Night Live? And because what Ye did was he said something after his long interview with Tucker Carlson and all the other stuff, after his life in denial of the fact that he has a mental health issue, which I, I don't think he does. I think he's, he's, just, he's just a wacky guy. His mental health, I'll get to that in a minute. But aside from that, he went ahead and the day later makes some, some kind of a threat to Jews. He's going Depcon something three on the Jews because I don't don't ask me why I don't think he ever explained why just came out against the Jews so here comes Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live after all the controversy that he took on the transgender is that it is that what he did I think that's what he did I don't know who follows this stuff <laughs> so after all that controversy so they bring him on this. And the left is saying, oh, don't bring him in there. He said something bad about transgender people. Oh, okay. So they boycotted him. What did they do? They tried to cancel him. Yeah, they did. Because of his couple of jokes about transgender people. So what does he do? He comes on Saturday Night Live. Doesn't say a word about transgender people. Of course not. What he says is, talks about Condi Yay, whatever. Talks about Yay. And the fact that what Ye's mistake was, he said the two words together that you should never say. This is his joke, his, his words. The two words are the Jews. Oh, the laughter. And everybody, yeah. Yep. And then he goes to explain that no matter what Ye did, no matter what he said, it was okay. People liked him, didn't like all of us. But... Once he said something against the Jews, and they talk about the Jews run everything. They run all of Hollywood. They run, and he, he made it into a joke. One joke, and everybody's like, that's, he did 15 minutes. And I think most of that 15 minutes was putting down Jews. Yeah, I know the guy from the ADL, Jonathan, whatever his name is. He comes on there and, and, and he said whatever he said. I don't know what he said. That's not the point. The point is he said it. And by the way, in his little 15-minute or 20-minute little joke dialogue there. How many times did he say nigga? Nigga this, nigga that. Huh? What, what, what is going on when you can't tell jokes about transgender people, they try to cancel you, but you come on here about the Jews. Yeah, baby, it's about time somebody said it out loud. Yeah? Okay. And then, of course... The forbidden word that nobody could say 
but he's got to spit it out there every other minute. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the whole thing. I really am. But that's where we are. That's where we are in the culture. It's this is okay and that's okay. This is not okay. This the Jews in this country voted, I think, pretty close to seventy percent for the Democrats, even under the situation we're talking about. Seventy percent. Seventy percent. I mean, I'll say one thing: they're consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they voted for in the 2020 election for Biden. It was probably close to the 80 percent. Notwithstanding everything Trump did for the Jews in this country and Israel. And that's a that's a whole other podcast. One day we're going to have it. But 70 percent under the circumstances that I just laid out, the border and the the inflation and the economy and the this and the, and 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 the the schools, the CRT being taught to our kids, and we don't even know about it. The transgender and gender choices, and 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 the lack of real education. I mean, all that stuff. I would have thought would be important to my fellow Jews, but it doesn't seem to be. They just don't like Trump. Yeah, he's so nasty. We don't like him. I don't care what he did for Israel. I don't care about the Abraham Accords. I don't care about Jerusalem being the capital. I don't care about the Golan Heights. I don't care about Israel at all. I, I care about... Okay, okay. How soon they forget? I thought it was never again. Well, if it's never again, you got to remember what happened in order to say that. But <laughs> I guess I'm just old-fashioned. But then there's some other things that are coming up. Everybody's going to... They've already elected DeSantis, by the way, as president. He just got elected governor. Now, don't get me wrong, this is his second term, I get it. Well, the first term, he won by an RCH. He, he won by, by such a small, small margin. And how did he win it? Donald Trump, that, that's exactly right. He did a great job. Four years of success, stunning success. It's great. And his reelection, 20%, okay, 18 points, something, whatever. I mean, it was just phenomenal. Just great. And he's got a, such a strong position. He brought Miami and I think even Fort Lauderdale into the Republican column. He did a great job. Oh, so now that Florida stood up and reelected, yeah, great. He's going to say, oh, thanks a lot. I now I'm running for president. Hey, take, the, take that guy from uh, the mayor of Miami. He's a great guy. Let's make him governor. No, no, no. You don't, you don't do that. <laughs> no. You, you, you got to go through the whole thing again. So that's what's going to happen? I don't think so. In the first place, I think anything between Trump and DeSantis is just a facade. It, 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 these guys, I, I think they truly love each other, and they should. Okay? And I, I think that, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be very naive. I certainly was about this past election. I did not expect what we got. And I and I still don't agree. I, I don't see the Republicans, especially the Republicans, looking at this honestly. That's why I'm telling you. When, when you when you listen to this podcast, and I'm telling you, it was the abortion issue. Period. The end. Yeah, the other issues contributed. But you know, I, I don't hear too many Republicans talking about that. 
I don't see them coming in and fixing it. So, but it's 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 important to to understand it. It's been over a week, and we we have to we have to win this next the presidential election, and we have to win Congress. We have to build a bigger lead in the House. We have to take back the Senate, and we have to take the White House. And we're we're not going to do it by sitting here and arguing with each other about. I guess Trump did such a good job. Last everybody is saying he did a great job. Even his detractors say, "Well, if he keeps talking in that in that in that manner, in that way, so presidential, and he keeps doing it, he's he's probably going to win." Well, yeah, he's going to win. I can tell you, he's going to win. But I told you we were going to have a red wave. <laughs> so there goes my credibility. He's totally shot. But notwithstanding, I I still believe that Donald Trump is going to win. I think that. Yeah, but there's a couple of just a couple of other little phenomenons that I think is important to talk about. We get, let's go back to um, Ukraine, and also at the same time, I want to wrap my arms around Tulsi Gabbard. You know, I was watching. I, I was seeing her since since you know the, the what the last four or five months that she's starting to come on the scene. Little by little, she come on for a little you know thirty second, a minute and a half spot on Tucker and. Then once or twice on Hannity, and then now he's, she's like almost a regular. She, she's almost like Leo 2.2 or whatever. <laughs> she's on more and more and more than the other night. I think it was Monday night. She did the whole hour for for Tucker Carlson because he was out, and she did a great job, and she's been doing a great job. Now I did not like her when she was a Democrat. I didn't like her when she ran for president. There were things that were just too too left wing, but there was always that you know that 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 whatever the patriotism that just ran through her. She just had that. She was always a patriot, but you know a left wing patriot still left wing. <laughs> it just always bothers me, and and it did with her. But then she seemed to focus more on the things that I care about. You know the things that happen in. Afghanistan, the, the hypocrisy, the you know all the all the things that I keep talking about, and, and and the border issues and everything else. And now, she seems to be she she seems to have come full circle. And it, it's I, I I take a page out of the book of Tammy Bruce. You know Tammy Bruce. I used to listen to her in the 90s when she had her own radio show out of L.A. And she was definitely a left winger, definitely. But Tammy Bruce is a consistent and reliable, you know, conservative as there is. And maybe Tulsi's coming over that way. But when I listen to her, you know, she's still, I believe she's a lieutenant colonel in the, in the um, Army Reserve. You know, she's, 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 she's a combat veteran. She's done a, a heck of a job. If if I can agree with someone like that, and when we talk about Ukraine, I I agree with everything she says. We need to audit every dollar, every dollar that was sent, every dollar that's being sent, and every dollar that we propose to send. We can't just be sending them money. We can't just open up the coffers, you know, and just say, hey, whatever you need, just take it. So I I, I think it's um it's interesting when someone like her steps up. And and maybe there's a lot that we can learn from someone like Tulsi Gabbard. And 
when you, when you talk about Tammy Bruce and you talk about if I made a list of all the reliable, the great women in the Republican Party, and I don't know if I talk enough about it, but I know I've talked about Republican Women Federated. I ran for office three times, and every time the most, I mean, the most impressive group, consistent, you know, impressive group that I spoke in front of were the Republican Women Federated of every town, you know, Point Loma or, um, you know, whatever. <laughs> every town has its own. And they were the best. And you, you can, you know, name them from Harris Faulkner to Tammy Bruce. And I, I hope one day I'm able to put Tulsi Gabbard right up there with them. Christy Nome. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's, it's very impressive and it's, and it's large. So let's, um, let's see where we're going with this next election. Let's take it easy. I love that Trump came out and started the ball rolling and we're starting to turn around. I think it was important that he did that. I would not be, you know, stirring the pot with names like DeSantis, not just yet. And I don't see anybody else that threatens Donald Trump. If there's a primary, we'll see who wins and we'll see who loses and then says they won't support him or her. I, I think that's wrong and dangerous. But we could win this. We could win this culture war. Um, the conditions won't change with Joe Biden in charge. War is hell. It's worse when you're not ready. So let's get ready. Let's be ready. Let's let's make it our business to take back this country and make the left wing understand that Roe v. Wade, getting rid of it, is not something that they should be so upset about. It's something they should celebrate. Let's do it the right way. I'm New York Mike. Thanks for listening to Rolling with New York Mike. We'll be rolling again, I promise you. It's just I'm still in shock over this last election. I didn't call it this way. I got to admit I got I got caught flat-footed on this one, but that's okay. We're going to stand up, shake it off, brush it off, and move on. Trump all the way. Thanks for listening. I'm out. Thanks for listening to Rolling with New York Mike. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to keep this podcast rolling. <laughs>